Since time immemorial, human beings have stared up at the stars and asked the unanswerable questions. Why am I here? What is the nature of the cosmos? What is the meaning of life? Are we alone in the universe? Will DC ever make movies as well as Marvel? How exactly did Megatron shrink? Is a detailed backstory for your first level halfling wizard even How worth it? How muscular men with pageboy haircuts lived on Eternia if they couldn't figure out that Prince Adam was He-Man? Who is going to play Alabama for the championship this what year? What does God need with a starship? Prepare your ear holes for a podcast dedicated to the philosophical quandaries of pop culture. An audio thunderdome. Two nerdy friends enter. Only one shall be victorious. This is I'm Right, and he's Rob. Hi, and welcome to a podcast some people are calling the Kevin McCarthy of podcasts. <laughs> it's better. <laughs> Thanks for saying it's better, Rob, so people know I restarted. <laughs> uh, we start every podcast with uh, apologies, omissions, uh, genuflections to our loyal six fans. Uh, Rob, our last episode was episode 81, and it was Kevin Bacon movies. And, Kevin Bacon uh, movies, yes. Some people and, had some some thoughts on this. Well, and uh, and I apologize to Tony because I lost the exact message, but it did ask if Monty even had watched the movie since uh, you got the city wrong. For Quicksilver, right? For Quicksilver. Yes, I have seen the movie, but not in 30 years because it's not <laughs> yeah. like I own Quicksilver on special edition blu-ray tony and honestly what bothers me is every scene i remember from that movie looks like it's flat it does remind me of new york so right yeah Yeah. like every single like i'm sorry as a person who now drives in uh in san francisco at least two or three times a month there's no part of that city that is that flat absolutely no part of san francisco is flat and yet all those scenes seem to be very very flat so uh maybe maybe uh 80s san francisco was as dirty as uh new york god knows it's dirtier now than new york uh so there you go yeah even what i remember yeah yeah that's true yeah, San Francisco is, uh, I think it's the first place my daughter saw human feces on the street. So there you go. All right. So, yes, uh, Quicksilver. Uh, I don't know. Uh, there you go. I've seen it. It had been a while. Sorry. I was going off of memory and not just pulling up the Wikipedia of the show. So You don't watch every movie before we do the podcast and so on? Dude, Man. I barely I barely do any, any preparation for this podcast. <laughs> The fact that I write the intro before we hit record is a miracle on its own. That is that is fair. That is fair. I have okay, only so. picked out one thing for today's topic. Which, speaking of today's topic, uh, let's get to it. Uh, let's do the introductions. My name is Monty Eichen. Is with me as always. He's the Inspector Gadget to my jackass. He's the Bewitch to my Land of the Lost. He's the Lizzie McGuire movie to my Lost in Space. He's my best friend, Rob Bloom. Rob, what are we talking about this time around? We are talking about TV shows that were turned into a movie. Oh, the recycling of ideas. I love it. I love this idea so much. Oh, this is great. Uh, And of course, we're talking about uh, full television shows. Are we just going to name off every sketch from Saturday Night Live that got made into a movie? Um, We could go that route, I suppose. Um, I I don't know. Maybe I I almost did. Well, we'll call it an almost. I think you'll give me a mulligan when I tell you which one's on my list. So, oh, gosh. All right. Well, we'll see. Um, All right. So these are TV shows that got turned into movies. Uh, I know we're talking not we're not talking necessarily made for TV movies, right? Are we talking theatrical released movies? I, we could do Master Ninja if you'd like. I, <laughs> no, I don't want to do Master Ninja. No, I, I, I my my idea was, OK, so with this television show Wednesday coming out, I just kind of was thinking about how cross contamination of things that start off as as well it started off as a strip uh, a comic strip that then became a television show that then became a movie and that now it's back to being a television show so when is it going to be made back into a strip uh, that's a good question i don't know if the rights are now 
I, it sounds like Wednesday might not even stay at Netflix because Amazon owns most of the rights to to Wednesday. So I guess there's some kind of conflict that it, even though it's the you know it's the best selling TV show on Netflix, there's a strong chance it might not get a second season on Netflix. Well, if Amazon owns the rights, they would put it on their streaming service. They would Correct. probably own the rights because they just merged with uh, was it MGM. I think it's MGM. It's, it's it's one of those. It's it's kind of a blind spot. That's. I don't know what Amazon's doing. So there you go. Dead. All right. Well, then let's just get into our list here then, shall we? Uh, who wants to start? Who wants to start with number five, me or you? Um, why don't I start to set the pace with... Uh, to set the bar? Yeah. To set the Low bar? Enough? Well, okay. I'm going to start with Mission Impossible, with the oh, whole yeah. Mission Impossible f- franchise based upon the, the uh, fun TV show that I don't remember very well, but I remember watching it and liking it. And then, you know, basically the staple of Tom Cruise's career uh, that he keeps upping the ante at least action wise i think mission impossible just new excuses for tom cruise to try to kill himself to get out of scientology <laughs> that's that's a pretty good and, and i haven't seen the most recent most ghost couple protocol. of recent yeah oh no i've seen ghost protocol what's the one after that anyway i, just I think, literally i literally said that because i thought it was the last one so i don't, I don't think know. it's the last one but i, I absolutely can there's be a wrong, new one so. there's a new one coming out i know that yes. it's coming out soon um, and it's, like, what's in, impressive is he keeps making the franchise interesting. I mean, especially, like, you know, adding Henry Cavill in the last movie and Jeremy Renner. He, you know, each time he keeps reinventing the Henry Cavill was definitely two movies ago <laughs> with the reloading his fist thing. That was at least two movies ago. I'm yeah, see, yeah, sure. I, yeah, I, but and I haven't seen the Henry Cavill one, but all I know is that mustache. Really? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that mustache caused a lot of problems. Yeah. 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 Um. And but I, it's especially I think it was an upgrade from a television show that was successful. But the whole premise of the you know I, the exploding message and the yeah no uh, Mission Impossible the television I would I would argue to you Mission Impossible uh, Possible came out um late sixties early seventies. Uh, Leonard Nimoy was uh, it was the first role Leonard Nimoy had after Spock. Uh, and uh, Peter Graves was awesome in it, and I liked it. I thought that every... I mean, like, here's the thing. Mission Impossible, you could tell, was shot on a soundstage. Every single episode, all soundstage, no remote work. Uh, But I thought it was good. It always had an interesting twist and an interesting, like, part of it. Um, the, The plans and gadgets. Like, if you enjoy heist movies, if you enjoy things where, you know, intricate plans are taken off and you don't necessarily have to sit there and watch people plan them, it's great. Like, you know, Peter Graves would get the message. He'd get his team set up. uh, You'd watch as they, you know, bullshitted their way through so many different things. It was great. And a lot of one of the things I liked about Mission Impossible, the television show, there wasn't a ton of actual violence. Because their plans worked to the point where it was mostly subterfuge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was mostly subterfuge, and no one even knew what was happening, and it was great. So, yeah, no, that's a great one. Uh, Mission Impossible was uh, the first one on my honorable mentions. Did not make my top five, but that's definitely that's definitely a very good one. I liked it. Um, Go okay, with your five. Go my number five, five is going to be so strange compared to that but it's a movie that i remember very very well from my childhood it's the 1980 movie get smart the nude bomb do you remember this I here's the thing that there's the thing that you might remember so it's See, maxwell I remember smart, the get smart yeah, movie get smart. with okay. with uh Carell. yeah yeah no 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 this is uh this is the only original uh uh don adams is the only person that comes back Okay. Uh, they even replaced the chief because the guy who played the chief died. Uh, they don't have 99. It's all this is new. A, is this a made for TV or it, no, what, theatrical? it's a theatrical movie called The Nude Bomb. It was PG. Uh, here's the thing that you might remember seeing it on TV later because it was PG uh, and it only required a little bit of editing because the only thing that they ever showed were like they did a lot of clever editing of people being nude, but hidden behind things or whatever. A little bit of butts at the end, but um, uh, 
you might remember the villain of the of the sh- of the movie. Uh, his lair is in a mountain that has a giant zipper on it. Okay, I, I it, remember this visual. I yeah, don't remember yeah. See, this movie. I, I think I think the visual of the zipper is the only thing that probably people remember. But yeah, was it, it on HBO or something it like was that? Probably, yeah, kids? it was probably like like a lot of the stuff that I'm like I have very vis you know visceral uh, memories of this. It was on. So, but like, get smart. Like, I would say that. Um, I would say that the uh, the show. Um, get smart. Uh, I probably didn't see as much in reruns as I remember this movie being probably the first thing that I really saw as a part of it. And then the, the reruns got into it later, but I mean, say that you were, I don't remember which, but are you a Don Adams fan or are you, were you a get smart fan as a kid? I mean, I was, yeah, I, I liked parody on, on a lot of different levels and, um, and, uh, and and get smart is just a beautiful parody of that sort of super spy thing that was going on with James Bond and the Man from Uncle and all that other stuff. It was great. I mean, and do I like Lancelot? With, yeah, do I like Lancelot with, Link? Yes. So in, these are all Inspector in the same. Gadget, which is right, which is just basically ripping off Don Adams's bits uh, <laughs> to be yeah, and was voiced by Don Adams at one point, wasn't it? I think maybe. Yeah, I, I think so. But yeah, the nude bomb. Um, it's super obscure, but honestly, I remember that movie very fondly as a kid. Uh, I remember the Would You Believe? I mean, like, imagine being a like eight year old who said Don Adams quotes. That's me, because that movie was like right in there. Would you believe? You know, I always just thought that was super funny. Oh, uh, okay. And, the uh, you know, the dialing on the phone, the, the stupid gadgets and stupid things was super funny to me. The cone of silence was stupid funny to me. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I think the nude and the nude bomb was just such a ridiculous concept. It was a uh, a guy was going to blow up like it was going to set off these bombs all around the world, which would destroy all the clothing except his. And he would be the only <laughs> provider of clothing. <laughs> and when great. you think about it, that is the dumbest, but yet somehow charmingest uh, like plot plot super villain yeah, plot. That's great. I love it. So, yeah. So that's my number five is the get smart. Uh, the nude bomb. Do we want to go for you for number four? Or do you Which you want to do? Which I'll one? do. We'll do a serpentine. Okay. Uh, and this is right in the same theme. Should not be a surprise to anyone. But the naked gun from the files of police squad is my number four. That's on my honorable. So, yes, I'm. I, I remember watching the, what, six episodes of Police Squad on television on ABC. I remember very much, uh, you know, being the kind of kid who would watch a cop show. And when it was a, a cop show that was going to be 30 minutes and funny, I was like really intrigued. And then I remember watching it and it was like, oh, wow. It was like it's like the first time you hear beautiful music for the first it's, time it's still the abrams doing the show yeah right? yeah no okay. it was, yeah it was definitely uh them um zucker and abrams and and all those guys yeah. uh, dick chudna was a part of it as well um and uh yeah and, and and the thing is is if you get to watch those police squad shows and if you get to watch the naked gun you can see the layers of humor in that like unlike airplane which had some of these broader like they had broad strokes and they had some of the intricate jokes in the background police squad and naked gun naked gun gets a little less but police squad especially is almost like arrested development where you're watching it and you could look at any corner of the screen and, and there's see a stuff joke. going on yeah you yeah. Can see a joke happening so uh naked gun was uh, or police squad was one of those shows for me that i was like this is um, beautiful. This is amazing what they're doing, and this really sings to me. Uh, and the Naked Gun was great, and it had things that I remembered. And you know, fucking O.J. Simpson is funny now, almost in an irony. You know, <laughs> it's like it, uh, yeah, holy shit. Uh, yeah. Nordberg, uh, like that. If you remember, the first scene is Nordberg getting like. There's a little bit oh, of me yeah, that's like, yeah. Well, this is so enjoyable watching that murderous piece of shit get hurt. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I love. You know, I. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I bought her a cello. 
She asked me what it was. I mean, these it had such great <laughs> jokes, and like Leslie Nielsen is so good in it. Uh, and Priscilla Priscilla Presley is so hot, and I don't even know how old she was when that movie came out, but she was still she wasn't young, but she was beautiful, damn yeah, was, fine, uh, still like it's and the crazy. best joke is still nice beaver. Thanks, thanks. I just, just had it stuffed. <laughs> the whole uh, something tells me I'm into something fun, and like they they walk out of platoon laughing. That's a great yes, bit yeah. where they where they're getting matching <laughs> tattoos, and it's very clearly somebody else's arm. Like they're both like super yeah. muscular arms that are getting tattooed, but it looks like it's coming out of their torsos. I love the baseball game where he's uh, the umpire yes. and he's getting into being the umpire. Yes, yes. Every every fucking part of that move, uh, the, the pee scene during the press yes. conference. The pee scenes are great. Which so, I yeah. think the Simpsons completely ripped off in an episode. It's yeah, it's it's fantastic. So yeah, for me. Uh, Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad is is definitely um, one of those wish fulfillments because other I mean, like, you know, could they have made a Misfits of Science movie? That would have made me happy, too. Right. Yeah. But at least I got my naked guns and I got enough naked guns that I was like, OK, we're done. <laughs> so, OK, are you ready for my four? I'm ready for your number four. Let's do it. Okay, so speaking of wish fulfillment and things that I know you're going to really like, and you might actually hate me for saying this, but my number four is the Mystery Science Theater movie. It's on my, no, it's on my um, my honorable mentions, MST3K, the movie uh, featuring the, this island earth. It's quite possibly one of the best episodes. It is so stupid funny with the... You almost don't want to say it's better graphics because it feels like it's actually worse, which makes it better. Um, the the intro with him on the uh, the hamster wheel, yeah, and a yeah. little more backstory of what's going on on the satellite of love. It's really we, yeah. It, it's to me, it's really funny because MST3K the movie. In order to make the movie part of it, the movie people demanded. <laughs> that there be more of a plot with Mike and the bots. And so they had to put in so much extra work and film these extra because th- they wouldn't, they didn't just want to show this Island earth, no, uh, no. which, which <laughs> I mean, it's like, uh, why bring that to the biggest screen? We but saw it, it, mystery science theater 3000, the movie the together, theater. right? Together yes, in the yes. theater. And we in were Lincoln, nearly yeah. alone. Were we not? <laughs> I would, I, I remember maybe two or three other small groups of people yeah but it also was one of those where i left going that's one of the funniest episodes of msc3k we have ever seen i would put it on my top five i don't i don't remember yeah when we did our list but it's definitely this island earth has some very memorable jokes but i'm not or, an alien <laughs> i'm gonna <laughs> shove my over but i'm not an alien no oh it's... i forgot the piano lessons oh i can't remember my mom <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic it no it, it is, is absolutely fantastic it's absolutely fantastic I, I would say the crazy thing about like a lot of these wish fulfillment ones that we're talking about though they they did you know it was like the show ended and then they got the movie mst3k the movie is weird because it actually torpedoed the show when you I, think agree. About it. I agree i agree i was gonna say it felt like the show never really recovered from from the movie from the work and everything that they had to do to get the movie out the show suffered around it and that's part of the reason why we went two decades without new episodes isn't it also and correct me if i'm wrong but isn't once the talk started that there was going to be a movie that's when joel started to pull out that he didn't want to be on a movie I can't remember. There's a lot of reasons why Joel pulled out of that. And again, we could do another show about MST3K uh, and I could relish in it for another uh, 60 minutes. But yeah, I mean, what it was is the uh, it very much proto Chappelle, you know, um, supposedly Joel just didn't oh. like the direction the business part was going yeah, and wanted to go and do other things. Uh, Joel also had a very weird sort of idea for a different type of like show, (laughs) you know, um, when he was creating MST3K, he had these 
grand ideas and he sort of settled on the format that they had. And there was a lot of him wanting to go back and really do the show that he wanted to do in the first place. And, uh, and that never materialized because people were like, there's not enough room. <laughs> and that's funny now. Cause there's obviously both riff tracks and, and MST three K and the mads are back and uh, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I know that's a great one, dude. I, I like that one a lot. Um, that's a good number four from you. Okay. Now are you ready for my three? Yes. I'm ready for you. Number three. Okay. So my number three is not a Saturday night live sketch, but it is based upon a sketch show. And is it because we, no, oh, but, okay. uh, um, it's from SCTV. Mm. Yes, Strange Brew, motherfucker. Strange Brew is such a wonderful movie based on a series of sketches. I mean, honestly, what? how many times were they on 10, maybe? On, on the I, McKenzie, as the McKenzie brothers? Yeah, yeah less I mean, than 10, probably. And they did a comedy, they did a comedy record. They did a, a Christmas record. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like they had a minor popularity enough that I still can't fathom that that got a movie when you think of some of the other sketches. Yeah. In any troupe that haven't gotten a movie. But can I, you think of a better movie that doesn't need to be from a sketch? Like, that absolutely. movie was beautiful. It's, it's I, super funny. It's super it, dumb and weird. It, it's so and good. And quotable like you couldn't believe. And still holds up. I've watched it within the last year. And it's still funny. It's yes. Fu- yes, it's dumb. But it's fun. And, yeah. and Mel Blanc playing their dad. Yeah, <laughs> not Mel. Voice. Yes, yes, yeah. Mel Blank. Yeah, yeah Mel, it was Mel Blank's voice. When you said Mel Blank, I thought Mel Brooks, and I was like, no, it's not Mel. Yeah, Bro- no, no, no. Yes, Mel yeah, Blank. it is Mel Blank. Mel Blank with the voice of doing dad. Yosemite Sam. Yeah, basically, uh, but with a fucking uh, Canadian accent. A. Eh? <laughs> uh, I'll be honest. So, uh, I, I a friend of mine takes me to Sharks games, uh, NHL games here. Yeah, uh, San Jose Sharks, and every time they fucking hit the ice. That it, what I think in my mind is the organ playing <laughs> every fucking time, every goddamn time. That's what I think of. I was like, I'm like literally like I think I only know hockey because of strange, strange brew. That's the oh, and when he pisses out the fire after it's, when they drink back, themselves I out, pee. <laughs> they drink themselves out of the the fucking tank, the and, and it's then so he pisses stupid, out the cheesy, fire. Oh. but it's so wonderful, and, and I. I forgot how it ends with the dog drinking the the special the special beer and getting superpowers. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. So okay, that's my number three. Uh, Please give me your number three, and we'll. Okay. So uh, this one, this one now feels like uh, dumb in comparison, but I also I really like it. And I'll tell you, this is I'm going to tell you why it made the list. Okay. <laughs> It made the list because of a scene in which the character says, sometimes it's just really hard to get rid of a bomb. Batman, Batman 66, the Batman mm-hmm. theatrical release after the Batman TV show that really honestly is the reason so many people got into Batman in their childhood. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, Super Friends or whatever. Super Friends is based on this, you know, Kevin whatever. Smith admit, says that that's that was his Batman. I actually am reading this book called The Caped Crusade, uh, the Ri- uh, Batman and the Rise of Nerd Culture uh, by Glenn Wilden. And uh, one of the things he talks about is Batman is cyclical and that you have to have the doofy Batman to get the dark Batman. Like, absolutely. if we didn't have the absolutely. doofy Batman, you wouldn't have gotten in the 1970s the return to sort of the creepy and we, or the dark. We've seen one. it in modern times with the Batman Brave and the Bold. Then you go back to yeah, then even, you get even the Batman. Joel Schumacher is the reason Christopher Nolan is around, right? Absolutely. So, anyway, Batman 66 is a fantastic Ooh. comedy. Um, with so many different layers, the end, the end when all of them are speaking in everyone else's <laughs> tongues, uh, and 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 oh god, and Adam West shark, shark repellent, shark yes, bat shark repellent is in there. So many good things in that movie. The hottest uh, Catwoman, um, the whole thing of Burgess Meredith not being the like you know what i mean when he's the uh, commodore yes, 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 yes. i mean just like think about how many scenes in that movie are like very very funny fun 
sketches, the fact that you have the 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 pirate submarine with all these supervillains working on it, how every supervillain has their own sort of thing, and every supervillain gets their own sort of moments with Batman. Every part of that movie is just beautiful and stupid and hilarious. And again, I'm like, yeah, I mean, and and again, this is a theatrical release. This is a wish fulfillment. This is this was the number one show on television and then sort of went out of trend. And they made this movie as this last hurrah of this thing. And I think it's great. I honestly didn't know. I didn't know that. I actually like I I had often wondered where did that movie come into play for because obviously uh, Adam West and Burt Ward went on to do a couple of other you call them cameos because they did the game show of the battle of the yeah. superheroes where they did the trivia thing or uh, and and he did the, the voice of Batman on a couple of the cartoons so it's like he wasn't done, but I didn't know where the television show fell into that timeline. Yeah. The, or, oh, I'm sorry, not tell the movie. The, the movie, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's the... Because the, I don't know if you've if ever read it. So, like, it was a... a so in 1966, uh, or in the in the when when the Batman television show was at its height, it was literally at the height of popularity. It was dominant. It was all these things, um, and uh, it ran. I guess. Oh, I guess three I, or four I, years. It wasn't I'm, long. I might actually be wrong. The Batman movie may have been in the middle of that run, but it was super popular for like the first year. Right. And then uh, and then it started to wane. And so the movie can't comes out sort of at that uh, right when it starts to kind of almost like MST3K, the movie, it okay. starts to wane after that movie. So I'm looking it up now because I knew I knew I was so um, I, I was so adamant about the timing of this that I had to be wrong. And I am. Uh, Batman well, the television it, series was from 66 to 68, and this Batman movie came out in late 66. So um, I wasn't so. I wasn't a hundred percent sure that the movie didn't come out first, so that's why I asked. I wasn't yeah, no, sure. It was uh, it was second. The TV show got the movie. Okay. I hope so. Otherwise, I've done a very bad bad thing. No. We 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 do have a strange brew penalty box for you to go in. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but yeah, there you go. I really like this one, and yeah, uh, and it was and, released yeah. in theaters. Um, and I, but here's the thing: I also feel like it's not the same as a cobbling of three or four episodes together. Oh, I agree. I agree. There's it's a, a very a... much its own separate kind of thing. It's very much more a theatrical uh, uh, a thing about it. So. Yeah, but there you go. So, uh, so yes, uh, Batman sixty six uh, is my uh, is my number uh, number three. Um, so then you get do your number two. Uh, yeah. Now I could have done this list by saying, like, for instance, number five being, um, well, let's just say, uh, you know, first contact. Number four could have been Voyage. I Home. was wondering. Yes, I. <laughs> Number three could have been. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Undiscovered Country. Number two could have been the motion picture. Number one could have been Wrath of Khan. I could have literally just done that and fit the the letter of the law with this. I was going to preface thing. that. Are we going to do that at all? But you're at least allowed one spot on your my one spot. I mean, how could I not call out my absolute favorite movie of all time, Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan, and not put it on this list? So I decided to put it at number two. Number two is Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan, based on uh, a little show called Star Trek. And what I like most about this one is it's literally based on an episode. <laughs> it is, is a true. sequel that... to one episode of that uh, particular television show. And that is why um, uh, it, it makes the list. I have seen the episode with Ricardo Madabon. I remember it, but I don't remember the plot. Which, which, give give yeah. me the plot it... of the episode is uh, the Enterprise comes across a derelict spacecraft adrift and it fits 1990s Earth technology. And when uh, it's the 
SS Botany Bay. And when they go in and they pull it in, they see that the SS Botany Bay has uh, uh, X number. I can't remember exactly, but like, let's say 25 cryogenic freezers of people. So they defrost the chirogenic feet, but, and so these people come out and they're led by this Khan Nudian Singh. I think he gives a fake name though at first, but what the, what the enterprise doesn't realize is what they've defrosted is a crew full of genetically modified supermen. Uber mentioned that conquered part of the world. Khan Nudian Singh is like a Genghis Khan of the, of the late, uh, 20th century and he conquered half the world and then were they escaped. they human yeah they're human or they're human but, I mean, but genetically modified so they were but, but, super no, smart but I super mean, strong they're they're from earth yes they're from earth oh that's yeah. what i'm trying to the say. 1990 yeah that's ss botany bay i thought that was pretty clear anyway they're earthlings they conquered most of the earth in the eugenics wars uh, that happened in the original timeline in the late, like in the 1990s. I want to say like 96, 97 was supposed to be when the eugenics wars happened. Uh, anyway, and uh, they escaped the planet Earth, froze themselves, put them in a spaceship and launched themselves into deep space. And then they're found. So they uh, try to take over the Enterprise. They form a mutiny. And as punishment, uh, uh, Kirk maroons them on a planet uh, and Khan falls in love with a member of the Enterprise crew who's like an historian. She's the she's the ship's historian, because when you're out in deep space, you want to have somebody who's really good at your own history. So there you go. Uh, but she's ship's historian and they get married anyway. So then the plot of Wrath of Khan is is they find that that like after they've been abandoned on this planet, an ecological disaster happens. It turns that um, planet into a barren wasteland, and Khan blames Kirk for stranding him on this thing, and his wife dying. The the Enterprise crew girl uh, becomes his wife, and he is, you know, all out for revenge. It's been a while, so it's like a lot of that I took completely forgotten. It's great. There's not like, not a, there's not a part of Wrath of Khan that I don't think is just very strong very good sci-fi there's a very much a sort of uh ahab and the whale quality that's in there there's the whole plot line of kirk being uncertain about his future feeling old and useless there's the whole kirk having a son who doesn't know him uh, that's in there there's a great thing oh, like uh is starfleet um militaristic or is it uh, a force for good and for science, you know, that that's like another subplot in there. Very like 70s, early 80s, like we don't trust the military post Vietnam War thing of like, you know, we're scientists and we're good and Starfleet's just another part of the military. And then there's like a there's a really neat part of that where. Uh, you know, Kirk and, you know, Spock and all of those guys are really showing that in the Star Trek universe that Starfleet isn't a military first. They're an organization of um, exploration and peace first, and they, they're not about that kind of stuff. And then there's a really cool space battle. Yeah. And everyone yeah. loves it. So there and you go. The ending, it's pretty epic with that I ending. Sp- and I spit at you with my last <clears throat> breath. Okay, so my turn. My uh, yeah, here's another question. Where the heck is my Enterprise at? Is it over there? I can't see it. Oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> I'm like, I have I have the Wrath of Khan Enterprise on display. I just couldn't see it from this angle. I'm like, it's over there, right? Okay. Okay, so my number two. I grew up watching this show after I came home from school. Um, one of the few live action shows that you know wasn't a cartoon, so I was. It was unique, uh, but at the time I didn't realize how cheesy it was until it got a movie years later that was clearly a parody of the show, the Brady Bunch movie, <laughs> which I think I, I think it's one of the first, many times these movies will come out where they're kind of a parody of of the original. Like right. Dragnet's a good uh, 
Yeah, so, Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, yeah. Starsky, Starsky and Hutch, and Hutch is another one of those. Yeah, it, where it's it's a parody of what the original was. And Brady Bunch is clearly. Did I ruin your number one? It's fine, Rob. Just keep going with Brady Bunch. <laughs> Brady Bunch is is there's something special about it it cracks me up about how well first of all the tv show was you know i i don't know anybody that didn't at least watch it that's in our age group i'm I'm, it was ubiquitous in in, and it's funny our age group this is like it's been it was off of it was reruns reruns but yeah this is this is what early cable this is what filled the time Uh, on a lot of these radio, uh, about these television stations, I can tell you that people our age were watching Brady Bunch and Good Times and Hogan's Happy Heroes Days, and I, Happy well, Days, and yeah, where it was like I just assumed they were new, and it'd be like, oh wait, I've seen this episode before. So when it became the movie, and the characters are so earnest and cheesy, but not like not like where they're winking to the camera but they are kind of thing yeah no they they play it really earnest and you the audience are getting the wink like one of the great things about that brady bunch movie is everyone is still dressed like they're in the 70s except like the brady's are dressed like they're in the 70s and everyone else is clearly in late 90s early 2000s modern Everything about them is very out of time. It reminds me of another one of my favorite movies. That little bit there. Um, if you've ever seen The Long Goodbye with Elliot Gould um, and uh, uh, Altman directed it, uh, it's it's this great movie. But Elliot Gould plays uh, Philip Marlowe as though he is still a 40s detective. But he is smack dab in 1970s L.A. And... It's it's great because Elliot Gould just plays this sort of befuddled guy who doesn't understand why the neighbors across the the hall from him in his apartment building are always topless. And they're just these like free love hippies that are across the, you know, the, the kind of hallway or, or actually it's across a courtyard from him. Uh, like he just doesn't understand things and he goes to this like nightclub to like talk to this guy and he doesn't understand <laughs> where all these like drugged out sort of you know people are and it's great yeah. and it's that same thing it's that earnestness right you know yes that makes that great it's like kind of also um the way uh um uh, uh in in Muppet Christmas Carol right Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, that's that, a great that earnestness that that is the joke. The joke We're, is play this as earnest as possible. And the audience gets the the dramatic irony of how fucking a, ridiculous uh, everything is. I think I actually I think the Muppet Christmas Carol is per- because you have, you know, Oscar nominated actor who is so good in that. I mean, like, honestly, yes, like, and he's, he's playing like, it really good. He's like, playing it like it's the fucking the London uh, or the, the the Royal Shakespeare Company. Uh, and he's playing opposite a frog. And it's beautiful. Exactly. It's fucking and that's beautiful. and that like the 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 sweetness of them going to high school and being around people that all are like you fucking nerds we're gonna kick your ass and yet be like all sweet like well we'll just we'll have a dance off or just this it's totally great yeah uh i and what's really funny is that movie is directly descendant from um a a la uh, an LA slash Chicago version of it. They put on, they did what they did was they took real life scripts of the Brady bunch and on stage recreated them. And that's what got that movie finally made was it was happening at like the groundlings and stuff in LA. They went to Chicago and did it at the annoyance theater. They went to New York and put it on off Broadway there, but they were doing these shows that were legitimately just taking full on scripts of the Brady bunch and shoot and then putting them on stage and doing them with all that irony. And I do, I really do like that. And one of the great things they did in that is all like the, the, the modern, like, cynicism is is taken as like uh it's like a wink and a nod right they Mm -hmm. do things that are like super hella gay and and then like in the 70s not gay in the 90s totally gay but they do it with the same sort of earnestness and then the funniness is like 
oh wow that's like so fucking weird <laughs> yeah it's like so it's dumb like, and weird and, and we looked at it back in that day as that was normal and now we're looking at it yeah it's yeah. it's that lens of no that's very it's a very it's a very very funny bit i like that one a lot um i think i may have had brady bunch on my uh on my honorable uh, honorable, honorable mentions as well um okay what what is it your number one i yes, think so it is. yeah okay so okay so my number one was it's a show that the television show is still going on but was the movie came out around 1995 96 ish uh i wasn't super excited to see it it came out in the summer with star wars came out uh austin powers 2 came out and both were you know blockbuster movies matt said hey I got tickets. You want to go see this movie with me? And I honestly was like, ah, whatever. I left this movie with the worst headache from laughing so hard, not expecting to love the South Park movie as much as I did. I was like literally this whole time going, what show is still on? And then it didn't even occur to me because I like I don't know why it didn't occur to me. It would only be the Simpsons or South Park. Yeah, and the Simpsons are the South Park bigger, longer, uncut. That's the it's, movie. It's again. a brilliant movie. It's Super got funny. wonderful music. I mean, yeah. as, as funny as it is, it's still really good. They got um, oh god, now I'm drawing Brian the the Brian Botano song. Brian, yeah, um, that's what Brian Botano. But yeah. um, the. The jazz singer uh, to do one of the songs in there too. I, I mean, it doesn't matter. It just yeah. the the music's wonderful. It's a great parody, and it's it's still relevant today. Um, but it's also so funny with like at the time South Park was not cussing, and the whole thing was uh, uh, an account of well we can cuss now and yeah we are gonna cuss and yet it was still very intelligently done. Uh, the whole Look, these guys about- made the Book of Mormon, which right now is like still one of the best Broadway shows you can go see. Super uh, funny. I do feel like South Park has run its course. In fact, I feel like a lot of Simpsons has run its course and Family Guy has run its course. And, and Rick and Morty is starting to head that way. It's it's. And maybe I'm being cynical about it. I do feel like a lot of these are like, OK, what new thing are you doing anymore? Right. Yeah, but. When you become time. too self-referential, it's just done. It's it's over. Yeah. No, it, you're not feeling if you're feeling too cyn- cynical, it just means you've caught up to me because I've I've felt like for a long time Family Guy is probably past its prime. The oh, Simpsons oh, Family Guy was really quick. Like I yeah. I ran out like I I was super high and then I crashed. I yeah, crashed it was on. it <laughs> was great. It got canceled. It came back and we were like, oh, this is still great. And then I was like, oh, Oh, now that I'm getting more and more of this, now I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm and then tired now, of this. and then you're getting spinoffs that just, yeah, mm. yeah, but yes, no, I, I will give you uh, the South Park movie. I like that one. Um, it is really good. I look; those guys are very smart. They've made really good stuff since then. Like honestly, that movie, like they, it was South Park was a huge hit. They got the movie because South Park was a huge hit. And then they proved, oh, my God, we can write feature length scripts. Mm-hmm. We can write these scripts. We can make these funny movies. I mean, and, and then they, they did Team basketball America, afterwards. basketball. Basketball yeah. is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's it's stupid fun. I yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. My number one, which you've already referenced, is Dragnet. <laughs> it was the first thing I thought of when you talked about like, uh, movies from tv shows dragnet came to my mind and it is sort of a spoof it's sort of like a it's it's the sort of reimagination of a show in in a new time tom hanks is goddamn beautiful in it <laughs> he's so great in dan it. <laughs> Aykroyd playing joe friday's nephew joe friday is fantastic the fact that dan Aykroyd is playing as close to what that original show is, much like the Brady Bunch, he's playing that straight edge fucking 1950s cop, right? That's mm-hmm. what he's playing. And, and then you get Pep Strebeck. Yes. yes. And then everything else is Beverly Hills cop and fucking and and 
Tom Hanks is at his peak of co- of comedy at that point. Oh, and he's slapstick. So, Very slapstick. So good in that. Oh, and the Virgin Connie Swale. I mean, there's just so many things <laughs> about it. And it's a great little send-up of the 80s, too. There's so many things about that are so Do 80s. you remember the music video? Yes. City of Crime. Yes. Oh, my God. So many. D- yeah, the fact that that music video exists is and also. It has, a, a, th- yeah. it has a rap in the middle of it. So, it you know, a, it's 80s. You know, it's 80s. <laughs> oh, my. Because a white guy rapped in the middle of the song. But I love I love Dragnet. I, I think that is, movie is really so funny. It's so good. And, and it has a lot to do with Dan Aykroyd's performance. Um, and it, like that dynamic, like think about it, like, like the 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 odd couple, the the buddy cop, you know, like that, it fits so many funny tropes. Uh, but one of the biggest things that it fits is the fact that like that sort of clean cut image. And, and then they play with the fact that the, I can't remember. Does the original actor who played Friday, he doesn't no, he doesn't no, he's dead. Jack Webb's dead. It's, uh, I thought, but so. Harry Morgan remember. who uh, played his partner and was Colonel uh, Sherman Potter on mash is in it as their captain. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, but Jack Jack Webb was was dead by then, um, which is the only probably way they would have gotten that to be made. Uh, but I I I I love the fuck out of out of Dragnet. I think it, that's a, it's such a, good a movie. funny I... movie. Did you hear that? He called me Pep. I mean, like I remember. <laughs> I remember. That. I think I think Tom Hanks really steals that. Like I. He had done comedies before, but he's got the zaniness in this movie that's much. He's well, you know what it is? It's bachelor party zaniness. Exactly. And he had moved. He'd already been moving away from bachelor party zaniness by that point. But he got back to bachelor party zaniness for this role. But I mean, let's give credit to Dan Aykroyd. That isn't as funny if you don't have oh, Dan absolutely. Aykroyd yeah, playing that part. It's the yin yang of of cop movies. It's yeah, yeah it's it's good. All right, uh, I'm going to go through my uh, honorable mentions real quick here. Um, okay, Monty Python's now for something completely different. I was going to say Monty Python was going to be in some of mine as well. Um, I did have Mission Impossible and MST3K the movie, uh, the Muppet movie. I Muppets were uh, and, like, I and honestly the Muppet movie I looked at Batman 66 and was like I should put the Muppet movie in there um the first live action Scooby-Doo uh The Saint which is a fairly good uh oh. show based oh. on a British television show if you've never seen I it <laughs> Roger Moore played the Saint in the British television show that's how we got to be okay. uh, yeah uh the X-Files the first X-Files movie was pretty good that's yeah that's um Reno 911 Miami was actually pretty funny and again a wish fulfillment <laughs> Um, that's that's mine pretty much. I think I've got everything in there that I wanted to say. Uh, Maverick. Maverick was on my oh, list. Oh, God. And that is a good movie. That's a very good movie. It's an yeah. excellent movie. In fact, I um, it was right before he became racist, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's such a great movie. Um, that one, I I struggled to not have it as be my number like five, but it was like eh. it's such a good one. James Garner. I mean, like, guys, if you've only seen the movie Maverick, you should check out the television show Maverick. James Garner is a delight. Uh, Rockford Files and Maverick are some of the best episodic TV. Oh, He's just such a fucking charming son of a bitch. Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good um, movie. Uh, I I love the Adams family. I I just can't help it. There's something special about the Adams family with me. And my daughter is now falling in love with it. And it was even before the Wednesday came out. It was the animated movie that she fell in love with the animated movie. And I said, "Oh, you should see the the original movie." And then I showed her the television show, and she loves all incarnations. She thinks they're just fun. Yeah. Um, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, I had the, I thought of that too. I saw I. I to me, though, the movie, the it's movie's terrible. okay. It's, it's terrible, but it's, okay. it's wonderful at the same time. It's, yes. It's, I mean, like everything want... Aqua Teen. To me, it's... the biggest thing about Aqua Teen Hunger Force, the movie, was that publicity stunt they did in Boston Absolutely. where they yeah, shut yeah. down basically Boston for because like fucking thought, six they hours. They thought it was bombs. They and... thought it was a bomb and it was just a fucking Aqua Teen Hunger Force fucking guerrilla marketing. A team, um, yeah, yeah. I look. It, I, I'll be honest it, with you. the The movie was pedestrian, so yeah. Uh, and it's then, there. Uh, and then GI Joe and Transformers. The GI Joe was never theatrically released. 
But yeah, well, G.I. Joe t- was. Uh, well, I with was Channing the, Tatum. I'm talking about the animated movie. movie. Oh, that's Transformers. The movie actually was going to be my number two at one point, and I crossed it out. But yeah, Transformers, I, I, the I, movie, the animated movie, absolutely. We got to yeah. see. Uh, we got to see Spike say shit. Yeah, oh just, shit! What are we gonna do now? Uh, I, I'm actually surprised that didn't make it onto your list. I think we were actively trying to piss Doug Belsass off by leaving it <laughs> off. Um, I, I just figure we've talked enough about Transformers the movie. Maybe we'll do a whole episode about Transformers the movie. Five like best this. things about Transformers the movie, probably. You uh, get yeah, the, the, the trip. Yeah. Now the 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 movie uh, of Transformers shit. The movie GI Joe shit. So yeah, they're not, they're not getting into my honorable and, mentions. And then, and then Snake Eyes, even worse. I was so mad at Snake Eyes. Uh, I didn't even trust that shit. So, all right, buddy. Uh, let's see. You had some good ones. What was your number five? I can't even remember. Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. That's right. God damn it. Okay. Uh, and your number one was South Park. South Park. Bigger, bigger, Sorry. longer, uncut. I don't know. Uh, Strange Brew is a stronger number three for sure uh i'm gonna give you mission impossible being better than get smart mst3k versus naked gun i think that's a wash brady bunch versus star trek the wrath of khan i think that I goes don't know, to me. Got, batman 66 gets beat by strange, strange brew? brew yeah i kind of do man strange brew is fucking great Hmm. I I love Batman sixty six. Don't get me wrong, but Strange I, Brew. God, I quoted that a hell of a lot more than I have ever quoted Batman sixty six. Uh, and then I think it's I don't know. What do you think? I think I got you on number two. Um, yes, yes, you do. I, I <laughs> so that one goes to me. This one goes to you. I think that's a wash. You get that one. So uh, Dragnet versus South Park. Which one's better? Dragnet. <laughs> but that also means we're at a tie. We are totally at a tie. So you know what happens when it's a tie, Rob? <laughs> we play rock, paper, scissors. Are you ready? One, two, three. All right. And you win. Okay. So as the winner, God damn it. You get to play, uh, you get to do the the closing, the uh God, I'll just the thing that we've uh, we said at the end of every single episode, all 82 of them. And, of course, before that, uh, we both got large back tattoos from a uh, Russian uh, <laughs> tattooist uh, who wrote it completely in silic uh, uh, on our backs. Um, of course, uh, mine, because I'm dyslexic, is mostly drawings. Yours is full silic language. But, uh, of course, it is the, the sign-off. The last thing that we say, uh, something that we, of course, uh, discovered uh, in a uh, Hustler magazine when we were 12, abandoned with other Hustler magazines in a forest, something that each man does when he reaches the age of 35, leaves Hustlers in the forest for 12-year-olds to find, and inside, this note is often left. 